We wish to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land we are recording on in Perth, Western Australia. The Wadjuk people of the Noongar Nation. We wish to acknowledge their continuing culture. And pay our respects to the Elders past, present and emerging. In a world where the lives of everyday people are preordained by the script that must be followed, a ragtag team of scamps dare to speak their highly unqualified opinions publicly. They dare to go off script. Unscripted, the film show. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. You can't handle the truth. Man, I'm walking here. I'm walking here. Here's Johnny. You're going to need a bigger boat. I'll have what she's having. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Good afternoon, good evening, good morning. Um, how is everybody, Lewis? How G'day. are you? G'day. <laughs> G'day. G'day. Um, very Australian introduction there. I am feeling much better this week. I apologise uh, unreservedly to anyone who listened to the show uh, last week. Uh, that that show was not becoming a podcast. Uh, so it's going to be one of those ones that's lost to the ether. Um what was the reason it was so terrible? Just because you were coughing, or well, yeah, it was coughing. I just, oh, I was just in a like just in the, the, the wrong frame of mind, I think. Uh, and I, I, I spoke. It's hard to do a show by yourself. It really is. It is as well. <coughs> no, <laughs> just there's to... something about. Um... Just being in front of the microphone, it's true. I think there's something about the, the, about the studio. It's uh, yeah, um, and I don't have anything to drink because I drank all my drink and now uh, I'm drinkless. Um, no, but the but yeah. So and then last week I, I mentioned about the the fact that I'm uh, you know waiting for my car because I ordered that Rav Four back in December last year. Yeah, and there is literally no like I'm getting no information about when I can anticipate getting it. Mm. It's kind of like a, you you may get it at some point in time. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, it's going to cost you a little bit more as well because they've done some you know, upgrades to to the car as well. And uh, you know your choices are you either pay for the upgrades or you just say, I don't want the car anymore because we can sell it to someone else. Mm. So, in fact, what we'll do is we'll bring it in as a used car. We'll mark it up by $10,000 and sell it to someone else because RAV4s wow. RAV at the moment, like they – uh, like the, the cruiser that I'm getting, the like the the sale price of the your on road price of it is about fifty grand. <laughs> and, and you go and have a look at unused Rav fours that are two thousand one, two thousand two models, and they're selling them for like you know fifty eight to sixty grand. For for what year? Sorry, uh, two thousand twenty twenty two or twenty twenty one models. Right. So they've got like you know they've got you know, you know that whole old adage of about like you buy a new car, yeah. and you drive it out a lot and it loses like ten grand. Uh-huh. Well, it's a reverse now with because everyone <laughs> wants a Rav Four, huh? Yeah, so so it's a uh, and the 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 backlog of, of you know people waiting for them is just so huge. Like if you were to go and order one today, uh, they they're saying like you won't get it until twenty twenty four, twenty twenty five. And just get a different car, man. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think other <coughs> other cars might be suffering the same kind of situation, but yeah, Rav Four seems to be the worst. Um, and it's weird because I've gone on to like a cat search for on Facebook because you know. No matter what uh, your your interests are or whatever your issue is, there's a support group for you. <laughs> and and like if you go uh, onto onto Facebook, there's all these like you know uh, Australians waiting for Rav fours, and so it's really like a you know support group of people just going, you know, uh, I just I, want my car, yeah, man. 
Yeah, there was, there was one guy today, I think it was in Melbourne or something like that, he went down to the docks to watch a ship, uh, you know, Docking in port uh, to uh, and on that ship was a bunch of cars and he went to go and watch it because his Rav Four that he's been waiting for for over a year is on that ship. Oh wow! So he was just so 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 excited that he went and watched a ship dock and it's just like wow okay that that's pretty full on. Mm, <laughs> but yeah, geez. so it does it, it is it is kind of uh, kind of weird. But uh, yeah, one one day I mean I, I also want to give my mum back her car. Because I've, I've had her car for almost a year now. Yeah. And it's kind of like, I wonder what people do. Like if you're a person who has a car and you put in an order for a new car, you just keep the car you've got until that new car comes. So I guess. And and do they you know, set a price for, would they set a price for how much they'll take the car back for now? And then like they'll honour that if it's two years later. So yeah. Yeah, it's it's all very it's all it's very tricky. strange. I, I don't know why Tony just doesn't go, Well, we've got lots and lots of orders for this this car. Maybe we should just stop taking orders for the car and build some of them. Yeah. Just say no. No yeah. more. No yeah. more people. Um well it's interesting that Lewis you, you speak about last week that you were coughing a bit. Mm. I'm gonna apologize in advance to our listeners because I'm the coughing one at the moment, um well, and it's <laughs> asthma induced. So I'm doing my best not to cough. Um, but anyway, we'll we'll see how we we will go because uh, I've been doing it all day. I've been doing very well so far. I, I've failed at least twice, possibly <laughs> three times. Um, so we do have lots to talk about. We finally get to talk about "Don't Worry, Darlings" tonight, which is has been out in the cinemas in America since I think the twenty third of September or something. Um, but it's only just been released today. Um, if you're listening live, um, it's Thursday, October the sixth. Um, it did have some weekend preview screenings, so people may have gone to see them at that time but um yeah we we finally get to talk about that we saw it quite a few weeks ago in the coming weeks there will be a spoiler episode of tangent city coming out so if you do end up seeing it and and wanting to deep dive um or listen to us deep dive that tangent city will be out in the next few weeks Mm. um once we've given people time to see it but it's like a complete spoiler fest um lewis will be talking about um maybe sorry, uh, a couple of other movies that are not out until next week. Um, where should we start? Well... Should uh, we talk about bros? Yeah, let's talk about bros. Because before we went on air, we were talking about a film called Bros. I was trying to figure out exactly when it's coming out in um, in Australia. I think it may be... Oh, here we go. I think October the 27th. Um, it, it's out in Australia and it's it's already out in the States. And this is a movie that I'm really looking forward to. It's a rom-com. Um, it just happens to be that the two people who are um, in the rom-tom, uh, rom-com building a relationship are two gay guys. And the majority or I think all of the cast and crew, or well, not all the cast and crew, but I was listening to an interview with Billy Eichner who is... Um, one of the writers, along with um, Nicholas Stoller, who's also the director, um, but yeah, he w- he was saying that all the cast is LGBTQI um, from that community. So even if they're playing a straight person, um, they are being played by a someone in in life who is um, part of that community. So um, it's just. It sounds really, really funny. And Nicholas Stoller is um, 
you know, he's well known for making some very funny movies like, you know, in the States it's called Neighbours but here it's called Bad Neighbours. Mm. So he's written quite a few funny things, you know. Which um, at least now they could just call it Neighbours if they do another version uh, of Well, it. this is this is true, <laughs> this is true. So um, and, and then you've also got... Um, Billy Eichner, who obviously is is a comedian and an actor, mm. and um, he's he's also very funny himself. So it and, and I mean it's got um, I, I believe it's produced by Judd Apatow. It so is. it's you know it rom coms are funny. So and and gay people have relationships, and you know they're just the same as ours. So I can't. I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Well, that's the thing. I mean, if you go to Rotten Tomatoes and you have a, a quick look at the uh, the tomato meter and the audience score, it's ninety percent on the tomato meter. Yeah, that and tells it's, me it's um oh yeah ninety percent and ninety one percent on the audience score. So yeah. people who are going to see this film are enjoying this film. Now, the problem is, is this film hasn't done great at the box office so far. and Well, critics are liking it as well. It's not just audiences. Yeah, that's what I mean, because the critics, it's got 90%. Oh, sorry, I thought you said the um, audience. No, 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 the audiences are loving it. So the, the critics are loving it, the audience are loving it, but the, the problem is, is that, you know, to get people to cinemas these days, it's got to be a really big film because a rom-com like this is going to do really well on streaming because it's the kind of thing someone will go oh look that we'll, we'll watch that unless you're like the most homophobic person in the world you're probably not going to watch it but if you're like you know a regular you know person who realizes that love is love uh, and you see this uh, you know great comedy you're gonna watch it but the problem is is you got to get people out of their house and into into cinemas and into a cinema seat to watch this film mm. and there's still a lot of people who are just not, uh, you know, willing to do that. And so that's where you've got, you know, th- those kind of issues with, with films like this. Now, the, uh, the the film is about, you know, two two guys who are, you know, falling in love and that sort of thing. They're both commitment <clears throat> folks. Yeah. <laughs> so um, interesting combination. But it's – and and being uh, LGBTQI plus is a – you're in a minority. But it's not a minority like – uh, being an African American is a minority because there's a lot of African American people, and if you put out a movie like Black Panther, then you've got a lot of people who are going, "We're going to go see this film." Mm. But if everyone who's LBG, LBGTQI plus goes to the cinema to see this film, that's not going to make a massive dent in it. You need mm. to make sure that the you know the, the, not, cis, the, uh, gender the cisgen- cisgendered uh, heteronormative people are also going to see the film as well. Mm. So I don't know if it's the fault of you know marketing because like this hasn't been released in Australia yet, but I have seen one poster for it. Yeah, uh, that was at Luna Cinemas. Yeah. Uh, so you know maybe people are seeing this as like an art house film or something like that, and art house yeah. films don't appeal to the mass audience. It's definitely not an art house film. Oh, this no. is an out and out, like just for people listening, but it's an out and out comedy, yeah. like your proper rom com. Like, you know, I know rom coms are not overly popular and they're not really my bag most of the time, but they are funny. There's a reason, there's a formula and it works, and they're using the same formula. Um, and sometimes these are the kind of movies that are kind of good to go to because you don't have to use too much of your brain power. You're basically going to enjoy the movie and not think about it too mm. hard. And, you know, movies like that are really good. Well, that, you know, I'm that, thinking about Ticket to Paradise. I know it's yeah. a different kind of movie, but um, 
you know, it's nice to walk into a cinema and not feel like you're going to get challenged. Those movies are great too, but... That, but I guess it's but, challenging for people in other ways. And, yeah. But what did Ticket to Paradise have that Bros doesn't? Uh, well, yeah, I know. It's got Julia Roberts and, and George Clooney, yeah. but they can't be in every movie. Yeah, and they're ve- like, so uh, people have been saying that, uh, you know, th- this film you know, isn't necessarily, you know, bombing because of uh, it being about two gay guys because there's been films about, you know, gay people before, Brokeback Mountain, you know, and other, other films where it's done quite well at the cinemas. So I think uh, it's just... You don't f- think there's enough famous people in it? It could possibly, like, it could be that. If they had a famous draw card in it, then you're probably going to pull people to the cinema more. This is going to be the kind of film where, it's, as I said, it's going to find its place on streaming. Mm. Uh, it is, you know, unfortunately it just doesn't have enough... Um, pulling power to to make people go and see it based on the merits of the film itself. I think um, certainly for Australians, I don't think that we know Billy Eichner very well. Well, I know him. I think he's great. Uh, Yes, he is great. Um, I don't think most people in Australia would know his TV series or... um, I mean, he was in... um, I, I don't watch it, but I know he was in The Cults series of the of the Ryan Murphy murder thingy, what's it called? American Horror Story. Oh, right. So I know it was in that. But um, in America, he's a little bit more well-known. He's done that, um, you know, the, the man on the street kind of quiz show, mm-hmm. the Billy Eichner show, I think is actually what it's called. Um, so a lot of Americans know who he is. But, um, yeah, so I don't know the exact reasons why it's not doing well, but... Um, based on the reviews, and like you said, you know, 90% for critics and 91% for audiences, um, it basically is telling you it's a good movie and you should go and see it. So hopefully hopefully people will go and see it and I'm, I'm, I can't wait to see it myself. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I really, you know, like the idea that now we're going to be, you know, seeing more films and TV shows about people, you know, in, uh, you know, gay relationships, lesbian relationships, people who are non-binary. Um, it's going to be uh, interesting. Like, uh, there's Uncoupled as well that's on Netflix, which is the Neil Patrick Harris show mm. about him breaking up with his, um, you know, husband. Well, he didn't break up with his husband. His husband broke up with him. Uh, and it's interesting to who see who would break up with Neil Patrick <laughs> Harris. Well, that's the only thing that seems wrong with the show <laughs> it's like it's not believable yeah it's like the guy breaks up with neil patrick harris and goes dude you realize you're breaking up with what neil patrick wrong harris with you? yeah that 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 seems like a real you know, mistake have you seen his husband like yeah <laughs> he seems very happy in real life so mm. but the uh, yeah so you're seeing these kind of things is great and that, that and that's probably one of the really good things about streaming is that there wasn't a place for these things before because everyone was trying to like get stuff out into movie cinemas, into mm. TV, but trying to fit it into that uh, that that box where it's going to hit as many of those quadrants as possible. Yeah, you know, eighteen to thirty-five year old straight male. Yeah, yeah. And now it's it's trying to you know actually you know branch out and go well there is actually you know African American audiences there are you know people from China who want to see uh, you know stories about Chinese people there are people in Korea who want to see movies. Is that Korean people? Or so, there are people in their 60s who want to see their sex lives on screen. Exactly. They want to see themselves represented yeah. on, on, on the screen. And the thing is, like, it's so good to see a comedy at the cinemas because it's, a, like, it's all well and good being at home and watching a comedy, like, either by yourself or with, with your partner or your family or whatever. But there's a different experience when you go and laugh with a group of people. It's such a... 
I don't like to use the word religious experience, but it's like you're all experiencing something at the same time and it's it's very special. It is, it is, yes. Um, but, I mean, we're preaching to the choir here and, I mean, I, I, you know, I don't get out to the cinemas as much as I used to, but, you know, I still enjoy the experience when I do. Mm. But, but I'm looking forward to Bros when it comes out. I, yeah, definitely. I am there for it. But like any um, film uh, that Jabba Apatow is involved in, it is, uh, you know, long. Like we've always said, like 90 minutes. Is it? Is it long? 155 minutes. So oh. an, hour, an hour and 55 minutes. I mean, he's not even the director and he's making it long. I know. That's my only yeah. issue. 90 minutes. You're in, you're out. Like for, for comedy. You don't, you don't want to dwell too much. No, comedies need to be 90 minutes. Yeah. In yeah, like you said, get it done, get it sorted, and get it out. But apparently, this is a good comedy, so uh, that extra like you know, twenty five minutes is probably worthwhile. Probably. All right. Well, we you might go to a sponsor and come back. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. So uh, don't worry, darling. I have to tr- try and remember what we've said and what we haven't said because we did do a whole spoiler episode on um, Tangent City. So I have to remember not to be um, too spoilery here. But um, I don't know. Do you want to do the the honours of synopsizing this film? Uh, yes, I can. Uh, I'm just yes, gonna... I can. Yes, <laughs> I can. Yes, I can. All righty. So uh, the, the film is set in like a 50s, 60s kind of an era. Yes. But it's never really specified what era the, the film is set in. Um, and we find ourselves, uh, you know, meeting a, uh, a young couple in love, uh, played by Harry Styles, who plays They're very Jack. randy. They're a very randy couple. They're in lovey lust, is yes. what I would call it. Lovey lust. The honeymoon um, period. So there's lots of sexual activity going on uh, in their abode um, and uh, they're, they're just like love and life and everything's great because they've moved this uh, this new town. Um, is a town called Victory or is it? Victory. Yeah. So the, the, the estate, I guess, is called Victory, but I, I think the, the institute or whatever it mm. is that, um, that Harry Styles' character of Jack and all the men in, in the estate seem to work for um, is called Victory. So um, they all give their partners a, a kiss goodbye and in the morning, all drive off together, off into the desert, off to work at Victory and, and the ladies stay at home and, and shop and clean the house and, you know, just all those normal things that a, a Stepford, Stepford wife would do back in the 50s, you know? Yeah, and, uh, and so they, they're just, uh, you know, doing, doing these things. But uh, Alice, uh, over time, so like, starts feeling like things are a little bit weird uh, in this idyllic uh, little desert town of theirs. Uh, and starts to dig a bit deeper to, to find out what's uh, what's actually going on. Um, and uh, that is where the mystery lies. Yeah. Uh, this is like one of those films where we don't want to talk about it too much mm. here. Uh, as Rachel said, we did do a spoiler cast on Tangent City that will probably get released this week, I would imagine. Um, and so once you've seen uh, you know, Don't Worry Darling, by all means, uh, go to Tangent City and listen to the, the spoiler cast because we, uh, we do a deep dive and a deep dig uh, yeah. in, in, into the movie. Uh, but the, the film has got um, 
a lot of really, really great actors in, in, in this. I mean, we mentioned Harry Styles and Florence Pugh. Harry Styles actually, um, he replaced uh, Shia LaBeouf. Mm-hmm. Uh, and why anyone is still casting Shia LaBeouf in anything, I have no idea. Like, difficult people, don't hire them. Just stop hiring them. You know, it's not difficult. Don't hire difficult people. Yeah. I, I don't want to get into that one here. Um, cause, because I think we do a lot of talking about that on the, um, on the spoiler cast, but there was, um, you know, Olivia Wilde who stars in it and also has directed it basically came out and said he was difficult and we had to, mm, mm. to fire him. There were issues. And then he came out and said, well, no, that's not the case. We couldn't get rehearsal time. And, and, um, then a video came out of her basically saying, come on, Shia, come back, you know, let's let's try to get this done together. So we don't really know where the truth lies. Um, but we do know that, like, Shia's past. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Shia has been known to be difficult. But, you know, maybe he's changed. Maybe. Or, or maybe he's still difficult and that's why he got I don't uh, know. You know, uh, we're never going to know. No. Only they know the real truth. And honestly, when you start telling yourself a story at some point you f- don't really know where the real truth is because mm. you start believing your own truth. Uh, but anyway, um, th- that's kind of what the movie is about because they're all telling their own versions of what's going on. But what is the truth? Very and who true. is Frank? Frank yep. is um, played by Chris Pine. Sorry, I cut you off there. Um, and he is, I guess, the head guy. Well, he's the he's, boss, he's like the yeah the boss, the, the visionary, the, the owner of the company, the um uh, the like Steve Jobs. Yeah, yeah, and, and his, his he's wife, welcoming the flock. Yeah, and his wife is. Uh, uh, Gemma played. Uh, sorry, his wife is yeah. Uh, no, Shelley played by Gemma Chan. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, they've. But you don't really di- dive into them too much. Really. No. Um, and then you got Olivia Wilde who plays Bunny, and she's a, a mother with a couple of uh, couple of kids, uh, married to Dean played by Nick Kroll, uh, which is interesting because he's usually a comedic actor. Yeah. So nice to see him in a in a part that's uh, a bit more uh, of a drama in 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 most parts. Uh, but yeah, really good cast. But it is Florence Pugh who takes the uh, the majority of the load of this mm. film. Um, she's in. Almost every scene of this film, yeah, and she does a fantastic job. She's like, magic, honestly. She, she is absolutely sensational. Just really, I just, I love how you know, just she knows herself. Like yeah. you know, she is true to herself. If people don't like it, she's kind of like, well, screw you, I don't care. Um, yeah, just absolutely, you know, phenomenal actress, and just seems to be a. You know, a good person doing, you know, living her best life. So there was before this film came out because of all of the hubbub about, you know, Shire and, and Olivia. I went in thinking I wasn't going to like the movie because there had been some people coming out and saying it was a bit meh. Mm-hmm. Um, so my expectations were relatively low. Um, and I also, I guess. I'm not overly happy with Olivia Wilde because she cheated on her husband to be with Harry Styles and it makes me very upset. Because we about, all love Jason Sudeikis. We do, but I'm, <laughs> I don't know what it is. I just, I hate a cheater. Yeah. Um, but anyway. Um, I, not, you hate cheaters as in <clears throat> people who cheat on their partners, not cheaters as in the animals who are quite nice. 
Oh, Except they, if they're hungry, then, 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 then they're not nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was set to. I was kind of annoyed with her when I w- went in there, but you have to appreciate that this is a really well made film, a really well directed film, and Olivia Wilde has done a very very good job. Um, it's it's really like when it finished, I didn't want it to end, and that's saying something because I think it's a two hour film. And I, I wanted more and I'm like, let's, this needs to be like a whole TV series. Like, you know, I, I, I want more. Mm. But, um, yeah, it was just really, really interesting. And it, I, I know we, we do talk about are there some plot holes or whatever, but it just, yeah, it was not what I was expecting and it was really cool. It does leave you uh, with a lot of a lot of questions and it, um, it promotes a lot of discussion. Uh, mm. Hence why I think we talked for, you know, well over an hour on the, the, the spoiler cast. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, Chris and I talked the whole way home about mm. the film and I think that's that's the other good thing about film is you, you do still want to see films that are going to make you have a chat afterwards, mm, mm. you know. Yeah, and it's, it, it, it's just... Um, yeah, it's very you know interesting. The, the the movie I saw, one of the movies I saw this week, uh, A Taste of Hunger. Mm. That's another film um, which can uh, it just had had me you know talking about it afterwards. But um, it was yeah, it just I think that's the thing. A good film will have you talk about it, and mm. and like Don't Worry, Darling certainly just made us all you know it just sparked things in our heads that we mm. needed to talk about and, and discuss. And I think all of us were, were saying like we would just need to do a spoiler cast as soon as possible on this. Yeah. Which is odd. I think I sent the text when I was still at the cinema, yeah. <laughs> like walking out the cinema. And it's, it's odd. Like, I mean, we'll usually do a spoiler cast on some big, like, mm. you know, blockbustery kind of film. But this is a very a much more smaller, intimate kind of film. But there's a lot of things to break down in it. Mm. Uh, not to sound too wanky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but some movies are just like that. You want to mm. have a big old chat about them. That's just how they are. Yeah. Um, I am going to give Don't Worry Darlings um, four, four and a half cleaned windows. Okay. Well, I am going to give it uh, four smudged by your nose windows. I see what you did there and I like it, sir. I like it a lot. Um, we might quickly go to a, um, a I was going to say a spoiler, but that's not good. Um, we will go to a sponsor and we'll be back in a moment. Did you know that Fremantle has its very own art house cinema? You'll find Luna on Essex, midway along Essex Street in the heart of Fremantle, screening an incredible variety of niche, foreign language and quality mainstream films in comfortable and intimate surrounds. It feels more like your own home movie theatre rather than a cinema. Catch up with friends for a pre-show drink in the fully licensed Alfresco area or enjoy a glass of wine and a cheese platter during the movie. Check out what's on along with details of forthcoming films, festivals and added value events at lunapalace.com.au. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. Now, because I am a bit of a weirdo and listen to lots of true crime stuff on podcasts and also, you know, watch a bit of that kind of true crime documentary or um, miniseries type of thing um, on the streamings. Uh, I was told this week to watch Dharma, um, which is the new 
uh, Ryan Murphy TV series, which is a, kind of about, well, it is about the the crimes of, of um, I'm trying to spell Dharma's name in, in my phone so I can get it. Um, so it is called Dharma Monster the Jeffrey Dahmer story. So it is about Jeffrey Dahmer and if um, if you're not really aware of who he is, I will give you a very brief on his um, life because it's not pleasant at all and there's a lot of people who are not interested in um, crime series based on true events at all. So um, Dahmer is an eight-part or, sorry, ten-part series on um, the Milwaukee um, serial killer Jeffrey Dahmer so in his short criminal life, um, he, spoiler, not spoiler, um, trigger warning, um, but he he did murder 17 people. Um, the majority of those people were gay. Uh, Jeffrey Dahmer was gay um, and he... I'm not going to get into any of the details of those crimes. If you know who he is, you know what you need to know. And if you don't want to know, I'm not going to tell you. Um, so I, this has got this particular TV series is R18 plus and it is really, really full on. And I did know quite a bit about Jeffrey Dahmer's crimes before watching it and had found him... I mean, all serial serial killers are disturbing, but he in particular is quite disturbing. And I started watching this series even though I had heard a lot of information about it being too full-on, too in-your-face, a bit too gory, a bit horrible, like... Which kind of the gore makes sense because, you know, it is from Ryan Murphy and he's behind the American Horror Story series. And I did watch the first episode I'm like I don't know if I can keep watching this it's really it is really full on but as it develops I don't know why but I push myself to watch the whole series because so when did you know. where was Bryce when you're watching this Surely oh he was next to me no <laughs> <laughs> no um he was in bed right it's a it's a not it's a R18 plus yeah. so uh yeah and I was not watching this with Chris this is not his kind of thing um but when I started watching it, I was thinking this is really kind of glorifying this person. But as the series went on, I could see that it really was actually taken from the perspective of the victims. And I think with the Jeffrey Dahmer story, most of the time, because his crimes are so horrific, everything centres around him and what he did. And even though this story does do that, it also looks heavily at the victims mm. and the victim's family. Um, there's an episode um, that really is just about one particular victim and his family and what his family did afterwards. And um, they there's a scene towards the end um, where Dharma is being sentenced and they have all their victim, um, uh, victim impact statements. Right. And it was really interesting to watch that and I'm like bawling my eyes out because the victims had become real people for me um, which is something that I think this series does really well uh, and a lot of these kind of series don't always do great Um, they seem to centre on on the main person who is doing all the crimes which 
like I said, this series does that as well. You learn a lot about his childhood and his family and things leading up to the crime, et cetera, et cetera. But, yeah, you do get an idea of who those victims are, which I think is really important because most of the time um, victims get forgotten in these these types of things. So um, if you are interested... Just be warned, it is it is R eighteen plus, so it is a bit it is quite full on in places, um, but it was definitely interesting. He was killing people for a long time. Yeah, that was like from seventy eight to ninety one. Yes, but there was so there was during the nineteen between eighty nine and ninety one is where he did the majority of his killings. There was a span where there was like nine years in between. Um, his first murder and his second murder. So, um, I mean, yeah, he's he's dead. He got killed in prison. Oh, yes. He got, uh, Spoiler alert. alert yeah. but, um, I, I think if you know much about Jeffrey Dahmer, you probably know that anyway. He didn't mm. live long after going to jail. Yeah. And so. he, got, he got beaten to death, which um, sounds kind of uh, appropriate. I didn't feel so. It's so interesting. <laughs> I was talking to somebody yesterday who also watched the whole series and she said in parts because his childhood was so bad and the way they directed that particular episode, she was torn because she was like, has he found God and is he okay and do I feel sorry for him? I'm like, I didn't feel sorry for him at all. I was just like, yep, get him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, yeah, if you're into that stuff, you're into that stuff. If you're not, you're not. But, anyway, let's change tactics. But, yeah, he's a so – it, it, it seems like a very uh, yeah, horrible, horrible person and uh, I'm glad he's no longer with us. Um, yeah. But, yeah, uh, interestingly enough, though, the, the person who plays uh, – uh, Jeffrey Dahmer in the, the show is Evan Peters, mm. uh, you know, best known as you know, Quicksilver from the X Men series. Uh, not if you're into American Horror Story. He's into he's in the majority of those. Oh, okay. I don't watch any of them. Yeah. I just know that he's in them, which makes sense as to why Ryan Murphy chose him. He's very scary and very good in this movie. So you don't see him at all. Like you just you just see the character. Yeah. Yeah. The, so the one creepy. thing the one thing I do find though is that a lot of these people who are serial killers are, are kind of doing it for the notoriety and for the 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 celebrity of it. Um and do you think making movies about these people even after they they die mm. could prompt a you know potential serial killer who wants to do it for the notoriety and the acclaim to start murdering people? No, because I think that is similar to the argument of um, movies that are violent cause violence or games that have violent things. Uh, cause I don't, vi- I don't I, think the, so, no. The, I think somebody who's going to do that sort of thing, it's in them already. Mm. So the th- the theory is that... Um, the nature loads the gun and environment pulls the trigger. So you could have a lot of people out there um, who have maybe have these brains that don't really function great, but if they're in a really loving environment, they don't ever escalate or do anything Mm, like that. mm. You've got lots of psychopaths who are CEOs, or former presidents of the United States. <laughs> yes, I can you see know? that. Mm. Um, but if they've got that already wrong with their brain and then you add fuel to the fire by having an abusive 
um, home and all sorts of other stuff involved. And I think that, that that's what makes these things interesting mm. and what why there is such a huge um, interest. Specifically, there are a lot of female interest in this is because it's so, like, you don't understand what makes somebody do something like mm. that. Well, I, I just, it's I, like you're trying yeah. to pick them apart and think, like, what... What is it? But I've often thought like, uh, you know, people who do like either serial killers or people who do ter- terrorist acts, th- I always think that those people should never be named. They should just be, you know, put away into a dark cell and never get their, their name out there, never get any celebrity from it, never get any notoriety from it. Because uh, I think a lot of people do that because they want to get that, that acclaim. There is definitely a lot of people mm. who... Um, yeah, so take they do that, want the notoriety yeah. and and yeah. So they, take it away from them. Just just like don't don't let them get get that uh, get that that acclaim. It's like, but we seem to uh, almost like you know, put these people on a pedestal when they they do these acts, and it should be the victims. It should be the people named, the people that we know, and not the the actual monster that did it in the first place. Yeah, I think things are getting better as there are more podcasts out there about true crime. I think people are learning that they need to be more cognizant of of giving the victims a voice as opposed to um, you know glorifying the murderer mm, mm. but I think the thing is it's such a an oddity that we just are interested in how that what makes that brain do what it does you know anyway um, it's a strange conversation. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's, uh, I, I'm still. I think I might hold on to those two movies I was going to talk about till till next week. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, there's um, other things uh, to talk about as well. Mm. Uh, the there's a TV show called Loot that's on uh, Apple TV. Ah, uh, yep, yeah, yep. Have you seen any of Loot? Yet? Uh, I, I watched the first episode. Um, so. Uh, it's got Maya Rudolph in it. Um, she's married to a very wealthy, um, I guess, tech, someone who's created some kind of tech hmm. um, and, yeah, they break up. Yeah, it's played by Adam Scott playing uh, the, the part of John Novak and uh, Maya Rudolph plays uh, Molly Novak. So the, he he's kind of like the, the tech guy who, like, started off in his garage and then, you know, built his way up and became a billionaire then uh, cheated on his cheated on his wife, uh, and uh, um, they ended up breaking up. So you know, and then she got the the like um, the foundation, like the, mm. the charitable foundation. This is sounding a lot like uh, Bill Gates and um, uh, what's Melanie? Mel- is it Melanie Gates? Is, yeah, because <laughs> they um they broke up and they had a charity that was worth billions of dollars. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that was inspiration. Oh, <laughs> um, I, I don't know. But yeah, the, the the TV show is about uh, Molly trying to, you know, because she is, even though she started off being a normal person, she's been a rich billionaire person for so long, she's kind of just forgotten what it is to be a, a normal person. Mm. Um to to understand how normal people interact with everyone with each to other work. to work and that sort of thing, um, and so she gets uh, you know this 
she decides she wants to go and work for this you know foundation uh helping uh people of you know i think los angeles uh to to you know be able to have better lives uh but yeah she doesn't quite get it and so she does these really big over-the-top gestures uh and uh you know comes off looking like a bit of a, a you know a, a, a terrible uh unfeeling rich An person ass. yes yes but it's a, it's a... I, I do love um the the person who plays sophia like um they're full that's the person that's kind of like in charge of the the company mm, of, mm. or the foundation i guess and she, yeah she's just like please please shut up <laughs> <laughs> Um, so. But yeah, it's got a good good cast in there as well. Like as you said, um, Michelle Ray uh, Rodriguez plays Sophia. She's great. Uh, you've got this guy Ron Fuchez. Mm. Um, he was in uh, this, but he's also plays King Shark in the Harley Quinn uh, animated show. And there was another uh, TV show I was watching the other day, and he was in it as well. Was and it he- Trolls? No, it was, not, it was not, not trolls. Well, he is. He does a voice in trolls. Which is? Does he do the farting uh, glitter troll? Uh, Cooper. Cooper. No, I don't. One. I don't actually know. Not the one I'm thinking of. No. But yeah, he's done a lot of voice work. Um, you know, Bob's Burgers and whatnot. So he's, yeah. he's well known for his his voice work. He's got a great voice. Really does. Yeah. Um. Uh, and then you've got uh, uh, Joel Booster who plays Nicholas, who is uh, Molly's. You could say you know uh, his, her assistant. I was going to say an enabler. He's, yeah, an enabler. Exactly. <laughs> exactly what he is as an enabler. Um. But yeah, really interesting because, like, okay, yeah, we we see a lot of shows which are about rich people, but we see very few shows which are about ridiculously rich people. Um, so uh, yeah, if you if you want to see uh, Maya, <coughs> Maya Rudolph at her best, uh, then I would recommend this. Only ten episodes. Um, there will be, a, I'm sure, there'll be another season of it. Uh, but yeah, it's it's kind of like one of those ones. You're not gonna. Um, Marathon it. You'll uh, you'll 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 probably take your time, you know, and uh, and you, and you'll enjoy it. Well, I'm not, I'm not telling you to enjoy it. <laughs> I'm saying you will enjoy it. So, um, so watch that one, and uh, we watch the end of Cobra Kai. Have you watched any Cobra Kai yet? No, yeah, I'm missing out. I'm sorry, I wasn't. Have like... you have you seen the Karate Kid? Yeah. Have you seen the Karate Kid too? No. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's all right. Um, it, I saw Wax On, Wax Off. That's a Karate Kid. That's the first. Yeah, one. and yeah. then I saw the one with, I, I want to say Jaden Smith. Well, that was that doesn't exist. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, okay. There is only you know, I imagined it. Did I? There is only one Karate Kid. Okay. And 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 uh, that that is the the original Karate Kid. I'm really sorry. Um, so the, uh, the the Karate Kid uh, TV show is five seasons in and uh, it's just it's amazing like how this show which i thought originally was just being uh, played as kind of like a a spoofy show has actually come and become a real just amazing you know dramatic kind of uh, a show about kids learning karate um and it's just yeah it's i, I just can't believe you haven't watched it yet it's so good i'm sorry there's too many there's too many things to watch in general um I, I did watch a a documentary that I think is now finished at the cinemas but will definitely be showing somewhere um, streaming soon, I imagine, uh, called Clean. And I know that Cecilia talked about it a few weeks ago but it um, follows Sandra Pankhurst who's had a really interesting life um, who is a trauma cleaner, um, so cleans up after dead mm. people scenes or like hoarders or... You know, but she's just lived a very amazing life and it's very interesting. She's got a biography, which is 
brilliant as well. Um, she sadly passed away, but um, yeah, it's that's good stuff. Um, oh, I've just mentioned passing away, and I have another sponsor, and it feels really inappropriate or appropriate. Bad, uh, feels bad timing, possibly. It does, but I have to play it. So the other documentary I watched was Take Your Pills. It's on Netflix. It, it is a couple of years old, 2018, um, and it was suggested to me because um, my phone is listening to me and knows that I have ADHD, <laughs> so it's like you should watch this because mm-hmm. you have ADHD. Um, but it was it's, – it's um, produced by Maria Shriver and – Christina Schwarzenegger. So um, I don't know if you know those two people. I know those two names. So Arnold Schwarzenegger's um, wife and daughter. Right, okay. Yeah. And it looks at um, the ADHD medication uh, that is rife in in the States, they say. Uh, There are lots of people who get it and then on-sell it um, and people who are not supposed to be on it um, have very different reactions to people who actually have ADHD. So it, it, um, I, I, I listen to somebody who has an ADHD thing talk about it and say how angry they got that while they were watching it mm-hmm. and parts of it did make me angry as well because it, because it does make the drugs out to be like the devil Um but it's because they're being used or abused in in the wrong way. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was it was interesting to learn about the where these this medication has come from it, to start off with, and it is interesting to learn that um, some of these things, you know, if you don't have an ADHD brain, act like speed. That's what it mm-hmm. is. Um, and then if people can't get their hands on them, they end up using meth because it has a similar oh, right. um, a similar effect mm. um, because they're all kind of part of that, that group of drugs. Mm. So it is another look at, you know, what happens with a drug industry if the wrong people get their hands on certain drugs and if they can't get their hands on them, where they go. So similar to like, you know, the TV series... Um, Dope Sick, uh, which looked at the opioid epidemic uh, and unfortunately with the opioids, um, if they can't get their hands on them because they're very expensive, um, they people do end up going to a cheaper source, which ends up being heroin. So um, it is really interesting to see how America deals with with drugs and that sort very of thing. Very poorly. <laughs> Not well. Um, and... Yeah, parts of it did make me angry because that's not how my body reacts to it mm-hmm. <laughs> at all because I have a different brain. Um, but, yeah, if if you do take that, that's why people sell them because people want to be on speed. So the people who need them sell them to people who want to take them for, for recreation. Yeah, so apparently it's quite – lots of people in college do it. Mm-hmm. They sell the stuff because they can get quite a lot of money – from it um, to people who want to be able to focus and study and and everything and yeah it helps me focus and study but it certainly doesn't you know um, do what it does to those other people so mm, mm. Um, because obviously it's a stimulant and f- for somebody whose brain is neurotypical it, it acts like a stimulant where you're like you feel like 
you know the movie Limitless? Yes. Yeah, it makes people feel like they're like king of the world and like in control and, you know, like their brain is working so fast and mm. blah, blah, and they just – whereas for me it slows my brain down. Right. right. So I can focus and it calms me down. So it's like got the complete different effect right. on me, which is how they know you have ADHD because you don't have the other effect. That's but anyway um, – yeah, interesting, interesting little documentary. Mm. But anyway, take your pills. <laughs> yeah, mm. um, I mentioned before about the uh, the Harley Quinn uh, TV show. Now, this is not a uh, this is as animated, but this is not a TV show for kids to watch. It has got uh, a lot of adult content in it, so keep your kids away from it. Um, it is on binge at the moment. I think it used to be on Amazon Prime, but it's on binge I've just now. Just cancelled my binge. I've uh-huh. got until the thirtieth of October because it's gone up to sixteen bucks. Sixteen bucks. Yeah, man. That's ridiculous. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, this is the third season of Harley Quinn. And interestingly enough, if you watch the first season and the second season of Harley Quinn, you can jump straight into the third season. But they did a comic book in between the uh, the second season and the third season. So it's kind of like if you're, if you're like me and you've read that comic book, you've got this, like, insight into what happened to Harley and uh, Poison Ivy in between seasons, which is pretty darn cool. So, uh, yeah, if you want to track down that comic, I'd recommend uh, going to Chaos Pop in uh, Canning, and uh, I'm sure they'll be able to get it for you. Uh, but yeah, it's a it's a really good show. Um, uh, Kaylee Kowalko plays the uh, Harley Quinn uh, character. I think she's actually the best Harley Quinn, like voice wise. Yeah. I think she's she's really good. Um, but yeah, it is uh, it's it's very swearsy. It's very violent, but it's very very good. Um, what else have we got? Oh, I you've probably not seen it yet, but um, we got sent a trailer. Uh, for a movie coming out soon called Violent Night, which is a twist on, of course, Silent Night. Mm -hmm. And um, David Harbour of, um, I was going to say Hellboy, Hellboy. um, and also Stranger Things uh, fame. I don't know why Hellboy came into my brain first, but anyway. Also Black Widow. um, He plays Santa, but like legit the real Santa. Yeah. Um, And this movie looks... Very funny. Basically, these people who are very rich, um, they get, uh, what do you call, there's a home invasion Mm -hmm. on Christmas Eve at their house. John Leguizamo and, like, a bunch of his other, you know, cronies decide to break in and um, try to get their money. And Santa comes down the chimney and and he's like, these people are all on my naughty list. (laughs) I'm going to kill them. So, um, yeah, that's that's the basic trailer and it looks very funny. So Santa just basically going on a kill rampage because all those people are on his naughty list and they shouldn't be breaking into people's homes and trying to steal their money. They should. On Christmas Eve that if they don't want to be killed by Santa. Well, I mean, it just makes sense at the end of the day. It, it does. Yeah. It does completely make sense. Um, I know Hocus Pocus 2 is out on Disney. Uh, lots of people were very excited by it. I haven't watched it yet. No. Uh, I've got to watch Hocus Pocus 1 first. 
You've but, never seen it? No, but we are in the Halloween period. We are. So I am going to endeavour to watch uh, Hocus Pocus 1 and 2 during this period. So uh, I will do that. Although I have been watching uh, Andor on Disney+, Plus, which is the new Star Wars TV show, uh, which is finally ramping up, which is really good. Uh, and, of course, I'll be going home and watching She-Hulk uh, tonight as well. So really, really looking forward to that, really enjoying She-Hulk. Uh, you know, if you're one of these uh, people who are uh, you know, saying She-Hulk is terrible and you've never watched it, um, shut up. Uh, I don't care what your opinion is. Go away. Um, ouch. There's, that's that's the truth. That's a truth bomb for you. I just it just annoys me when people go and rate things they don't watch just because. Oh, I don't want a, a female superhero. I don't like female superheroes. I don't like females in movies. I'm just going to go and I'm going to rate it down because it's a female. It's not a white that's, man. That's uh, the internet trolls yes. for you. That's that's. Um that's what they do. Quite good right. Old, good old trolls. Um, there's a movie, a, a new David O. Russell film out today called Amsterdam with Margot Robbie and Christian Bale and John David um, Washington. We didn't get tickets to this one. I don't know if they didn't do any preview screenings or if it was just a very small amount of people who got those invites, but it looks very, very good and um, I, I do want to see that and also... The British, uh, I got tongue tied there. The British Film Festival released all of its um, films. The last time I was on a few weeks ago, they only had like a sneak preview of a couple of them. But there, the full program is now available. Um, it is starting on the nineteenth of October and going until the sixteenth of November. Um, I have put my hand up for some screeners, mm-hmm. so hopefully I will get them and I'll be able to review a, a few things for you. I have already got one, and I started watching it this afternoon, um, called "Quintessentially British," um, which is like a little documentary on um, what makes British people British. <laughs> um, so that's stiff up lip and keep it calm and carrying on. That that's right. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to going home and watching the rest of that because it looks um it it. It was entertaining me before I had to actually get in the car and come here. Excellent. Sounds good. Mm. Um, have you got anything else, sir? No, I think we're good. I think it's probably good. time to wrap up. It is time and, to wrap uh, up. And let Quizzy hit the microphones. And thank you very much to Quizzy, not only for uh, jumping in at the last minute uh, last week to save me from myself, but uh, also also letting me know that I should probably go and see a doctor and get some antibiotics because I probably had a chest infection. Oh, and good on I you. I think he was right. <laughs> uh, yes. It's, it's not good to let these coughing things go on forever and ever. You, you just shouldn't. Um, uh, we are going to get out of here. We've got a couple more minutes uh, or one more minute to fill, but I'm, I was bemoaning the fact that we don't have any or I couldn't find any good Australian history podcasts mm-hmm. uh, and I found one called Forgotten Australia. So if anyone is interested in um, cool things that happened in history, this guy goes through all the old newspapers and digs a little bit deeper. Um, he's got some episodes or he's actually got a book coming out shortly about the hangman and his life, um, the guy who hung Ned Kelly. Hmm. But it was just really interesting to listen to um, who hangmen were back then. They used to get convicts and stuff like that to do it. So, um, yeah, really, really interesting if you're interested in – really interesting if you're interested. I said that word a lot today. Um, Well, that's really interesting. uh, Yeah, it's a cool podcast if you are interested in Australian history. Anyway, we're going to get out of here because Quizzy's here um, and we'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the gentlemen of pop culture.